his family. Amen. And uh, they're with us for the second day of our revival, our summer revival. And uh, I'm just anticipating God to do a great work here tonight. Amen. I believe God can do anything on this on this Monday night. Amen. Anybody believe that God can do anything on this Monday night? Give it as you, as uh, as you're able to. Amen, brother Atkins. Come and obey the Holy Ghost. Would you lift your hands from the body of the house? Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Because nobody wants to come to church on Monday night. Well, since then, he's had uh, two wives and he's on his third church. So I'm thankful that somebody wants to come to church. Amen. round about 
and into the villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. When they knew, they say, Five and two fish. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in the ranks by a hundred by fifties and when he had taken the five loaves and two fish he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them and the two fishes divided he among them all. They did all eat and were filled. They took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand.
conversation around the table was a reminder of who used to sit at that table. I can imagine the joyful sounds of talk at the table turns to bitter tears as they again recognize the fact he's no longer there. Forks are put down on the table. Ears begin to hear Knock at the door. The voice beyond the door is heard by mother as she realizes this. This is the moment that the creditors have come to take my two sons. Frantic and Not knowing what to do or where to go, she at least turns to the man of God and says to the prophet, What should I do, Elisha? How should I handle these creditors? And the question is posed by the prophet to this mother, What do you have in the house? Because apparently it determines what you have in the house if you keep the house. She said, I've lost it all. I've lost my husband. I've I've went into debt because he's no longer working. And and I've had to sell my furniture. I've had to to sell my my keepsakes. All I've got is just a little bit of oil. And the prophet says, you tell your sons to go to every business, go to every house, go to every resident, and get as many jars as they can carry. Then he inserts, borrow not a few. Yeah. Right. Because God's about to do something. Come on. Amen. There's a miracle about to happen in your house. But the miracle is no bigger than what you can handle. So they go to every house. They go to every neighbor they can find. They go to every family member, every friend, every acquaintance that they know. And they get as many jars as they can. And they come back to the house. And that little bit of oil that was still in the house. Mother takes that oil and begins to pour the oil into every empty jar. And to her amazement, what she thought was a little became more than enough yeah, right. to not just keep her house, but to keep her kids. Right. Come on, talk about it. For the next generation is in danger of being lost to creditors if this generation doesn't have a miracle in the house. Come on, say it now. Amen. So they they are amazed. Eyes begin to open up. Hearts begin to beat fast. Praises begin to sound under the roof. 
it, it wasn't God who stopped the miracle. It wasn't the preacher who hindered the miracle. It was those who claimed the house to be theirs. It was their hands that stopped what God could have done. It was their hands that stopped the miracle that could have kept on pouring out. The problem is not too few of jars. The problem is empty hands. Y'all have mercy. That's why the prophet said, borrow not a few. It's amazing how we Pentecostals can point our fingers and blame everybody and everything of why we can't have revival and why our church can't grow and why God can't move. I want to ask you, abundant life, have you looked at your hands lately? Stop being intimidated by what you don't have and start doing. 
my hands. And when they had what was in their hands, and they put it in his hands, it wasn't just enough. It was more than enough to not only feed 5,000, but they took home 12 baskets full. And usually when we read the story, we like to talk about what Jesus did. And how Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish. And while He may have done that, those who were fed were not fed by Jesus. He just performed a miracle. But he put the bread back in the disciples' hands. And he said, you give to the people. Amen. I have done what you could not do. But now it's time for you to do what you can do. In other words, don't put it all on Jesus. Don't put it all on the evangelist or the pastor. What are you carrying around? What do you got in your hands? And when they and when they saw that, that the bread was multiplied and, and the fish was multiplied, they, they understood if I don't get this out of my hands quick enough, it's gonna fall on the ground. And so they begin to disperse what was in their hands to five thousand people. And a miracle that Jesus performed fed five thousand from what was in the hands of those who followed Jesus. But again, I gotta ask, when did it stop multiplying? When did it stop growing? When did the bread cease to increase? When, come on, did the wine, when did the when did the fish stop stop spreading and increasing? What what was the moment? What what was the point? When it all stopped. I'll tell you what it was. It's not when Jesus said, They have enough. Because he'll never say you have enough. Right. Come on. God have mercy. Amen. Amen. It's not when Jesus says, I've done all I can do. Come on. Because you'll never see all he can do. Because he's still able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. You'll never, you'll never let him go in what God can do. But you hear me? You hear me? The bread stop increasing and the fish stop increasing. The moment that the disciples The moment they stop handing 
often quoted when we take up the offering, and I guess it's applied somewhat to that, but, but the meaning's a whole lot deeper than just money. Give, and it shall be given. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Shall men give up. Not God. Men give up to you. Thank you, Jesus. See, we quote that verse and say, if you give, God gives. Oh no, that verse is more powerful. If you give, man gives. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on, where's the coin at? In the fish's mouth. How do you get the coin when you go catch the fish? But no, we just want to stay in our little cocoon and keep on doing what we've done year after year after year and then complain why nobody comes and complain while the altars are empty and complain why nobody's getting the Holy Ghost and complain while nobody's getting healed. You can play on whatever you want to. I ask you again, what are you holding in your hands? How much prayer is there? How much prayer are you carrying? How much worship are you carrying? How, how much concentration do you hold in your It's your hands are too empty. Come on. Mm. Hallelujah. How much how much holiness do you have in your hands? Hallelujah. Well, I have enough to make me feel like I'm right, but also enough to make me keep my worldly friends. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw 
as long as the oil's pouring, as long as the bread's being given, the miracle continues. Stand with me. As long as you keep giving, it keeps flowing. So when there's nobody coming to church early to pray, you keep coming. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Had someone a few months back asked me. She said, she said, Brother Atkins, it's 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 a hindrance. It's 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 depressing when when we are told to go to the prayer room before church, pray for who God, and I go in there and it's just me and one other person. She said, sometimes with Atkins, it's just me. She said, so should I stop? I said, no. She said, how come? I said, think about it like this. If you're not in there, who is? And if it's just you and one other person, if it's not you, it's just one. See, when we take this personal, when we take revival personal, and we don't wait for the evangelist to bring it, yeah, come on, amen. Tell you something: if I bring it, that means I take it. If you're waiting for an evangelist with a fifth bull to show up to bring revival, you, you're not taking it personal. Yeah. But David said, I refuse to give my God anything if it doesn't cost me anything. Because when I got my blood, my sweat, my tears, my money, my investment, my life into it, I'll fight for it. I won't give up on it. Said, well, he said, before you came, they 
they wanted to meet with me in my office and, and they said that, that that they feel led to leave our church and go to another church across town because because the other church has has a bigger youth group for their kids. I said, uh, I said, it's a good thing they did that before I got here. He said, why, what would you have done? I said, I'd like to ask people like that, how do you expect our church to grow if people like you keep leaving us? The only reason that other church had a bigger youth group is because no one left. Common sense. I'll tell you what it is. They didn't want to work. They just want to get it. I'm going to tell you, you don't appreciate it if you don't work for 